What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared, and I'm not with my good friend Matt Hess today. Sadly, Matt Hess could not be with us, but I do have another good friend with me today that I'm going to introduce to you guys in a second. But hey, you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by Everyday Church Planters for the Everyday Church Planters. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and to proclaim the kingdom of God. And today, I've got uh, a really close friend and, and brother with me joining me on the show, uh, Mike Vancelot. Mike is actually one of the elders at our church plant, Fellowship Oshawa. Mike, good day to you, sir. Hey, nice to be here, Jared. Thanks. How you doing, man? I'm doing okay. Good. Yeah. So kind of what we like to do here at the start of In the Trenches is kind of shoot the breeze a little bit. So we're just going to mm-hmm. we're just gonna shoot the breeze a little bit. That works for me. All right. What's going on in your life, man? Uh, Just too much at school. Okay. But, uh, well, we should, t- or we should tell people you're a teacher. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I teach high school mathematics, have done so. This is my 29th year. I started when I was 13. No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nice yeah, one. I see what math. you did there. I see yeah. what you did there. Yeah. You know what's uh, a fun fact is that you have been teaching high school since I was four years old. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> been there, done that. I've already taught children of children I've taught. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Well, I do know that like whenever we go around in the community, it seems like everybody knows you because <laughs> you've been teaching in the same community for so long. And it's kind of a cool thing, though, because you've got so many connections. But you'll I hear stories all the time of you'll be like at Walmart or the grocery store and, you know, some 40 year old woman will go, Mr. Vancelot, you know, <laughs> annoys my daughter. No end. Uh, yeah, I bet it does. Yeah. I bet it does. Well, Mike, man, uh, today uh, just kind of wanted to have you on and talk a little bit about what it's like being an elder in a church plant. And uh, we're going to, I'm going to let you kind of tell your story of how you got involved at Fellowship Oshawa here in a second, but uh, you weren't always involved in church planting. In fact, really, this is all kind of new to you once you became uh, a part of Fellowship Oshawa. So, would you mind sharing this story about how you found out about Fellowship Oshawa and how you came to be a part of this church plant? Sure. So um, I had been with my family attending a, a church in the area for uh, 29 years. And uh, we had been married there. We had brought our kids to that church and and raised them there. We've been intimately engaged in the various ministries within that church. And yet I felt this this growing restlessness that that I believe came from God in terms of uh, my impact as a believer in the community. How do I how do I reach out to my community with the gospel, and and how is that happening um, uh, where I'm at? Uh, and and I I didn't I didn't have the I didn't feel I had the tools to do that, and and I just. I just really struggled. I was frustrated with this this growing burden that I believe the Lord was putting on my heart to reach the lost in my city, and and you know just wondering, man, if a if a you know if a if bomb dropped on, on us and blew us off the map, would would our community know? Do we have an impact mm. out there? Are we reaching them? Mm. And uh, and after many conversations um, with a, a very good friend of mine, Chris, who is also with us at Fellowship Oshawa, just finally saying, I believe, I believe God is leading our family, um, 
somewhere else. I just, I just don't know where. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Chris indicated that they, you know, they were kind of going through some of the same thing. And then he went, we were on, we were out camping in our trailers and he went home, I guess they were, you know, cutting grass and getting the mail and stuff. And he texts me and says, you are not going to believe this. And there in his mailbox was, uh, an invitation to a preview service at mm-hmm. Fellowship Oshawa. <laughs> so we called, we wanted to make sure that this, this burden that God had placed on our hearts um, was going to be uh, something that would, that would tie into a vision at Fellowship Oshawa. And if it wasn't, then Fellowship Oshawa wasn't the place for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's when I called you up and said, I'd love it if you and your wife would come over and share your vision with us. And uh, honestly, <laughs> it took like five, ten minutes of us listening to what God had placed on your heart um, for Fellowship Oshawa and what it was intended to be. And, uh, and I just thought, this is it. This is exactly what God has been leading me to. So, yeah. yeah. yeah and on, uh, on our side, side of that story, um, I, I always love telling this story from, from my perspective and I love hearing you tell it as well, because it was, it was something that God was clearly involved in, you know, when we came to Oshawa, um, uh, and we moved to Canada, we didn't really know anybody except for Matt, who's the pastor at Fellowship Pickering, which is like, you know, a town about 20 minutes away from us. And, mm-hmm. and they had, you know, Matt had a vision to start, you know, this network of churches. But when I showed up, there wasn't really a network. There was Matt's church plant and they had just started another new church plant in Scarborough. And that was it. That was the quote unquote network. There was yeah. really no network yet. Yeah. There was no structure to it. There was nothing, nothing. It was just uh, Matt, uh, had had started this church, and uh, we were looking to start as many churches as we could uh, in, on the east end of Toronto. And so when we came out to Oshawa, um, you know, we started doing ministry out here. We didn't know anybody. Um, we did end up having a couple of young adults come out with us from Pickering, uh, who <laughs> felt God leading them to come with us uh, from Pickering. And so you know, it was Kyle and Josiah, and uh, they were two young single guys, and that was it. Besides the new believers that uh, were, you know, we had three three of the first people we baptized, you know, just going out in the harvest and sharing the gospel. Uh, they they kind of became a card, part of our core team in the beginning, but, yep. and they were, it was, it was all singles. And I remember telling Jen, like, we, we need some wisdom and experience on this team. Like, I was the elder statesman and I was 30 at the time. And that terrified me because I was like, oh man, this is not good. I, I, it's not good for me to be the oldest person in this church. We need some wisdom. We need some people some mature families, right? We need uh, men and women who are mothers and fathers and husbands and wives who, who've seen uh, a little bit of life and can uh, kind of provide an example and some leadership to some of the younger people here in this church. And so we specifically began praying for two families, uh, two uh, godly families, uh, men and women who uh, love the Lord, who've been following the Lord for some time, uh, who had a desire to reach their neighbors. We just, that was a very specific prayer that we started to pray that we wrote down. And uh, I'll never forget the day when, you know, you guys contacted me and, and, you know, like we, we didn't know much. Uh, I remember when we got invited over to your house, like we didn't know what we were going to walk into. We didn't know if you guys were going to cut us up and throw us in your freezer. Or I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know, we didn't know you though. So, um, you know, we got the address and so we're like driving or like, well, you know, here's to hoping that this works out well. And you know, that it's not a total, you know, disaster. And, um, you know, it just immediately upon walking in, like we kind of breathed a sigh of relief as we realized that you were normal people. And then, uh, <laughs> boy, we had you fooled. <laughs> yeah. And then, 
not long after that, it just became evident that you guys, oh, and by the way, so it was you and your wife, Judy, and then it was Chris and Beth, yep. uh, two couples, yep. and you were the answer to our prayers. Like God answered our prayers like in just one fell swoop right there. He said, okay, here's your two families that you've been praying for, Bam, and uh, you guys ended up becoming a part of our core team there from the very start, and you've been pillars hmm. of Fellowship Oshawa ever since. Uh, and just, you know, you and Chris have been, you know, your fellow elders with me now, and you've just been right there by my side, supportive of me, praying with me, and um, man, just been pretty incredible. Pretty cool how God put all that together, isn't it? And I think that's just part and parcel of God's sense of humor, too, where I almost imagine him sitting back and going, I can't wait till he walks in the door and goes, wait, there's two couples. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, um, well, Mike, why don't you kind of talk me through um, what, like, what ultimately drew you to being a wanting to be a part of a of a church plant in particular? Like, I, you've kind of talked about um, the story of how you came to Fellowship Possible, but where, what were some of the things that ultimately uh, made you say, you know what, like? I do want to do this. I, 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 God is calling me to leave behind, um, you know, my role in an established church and to actually, you know, join this thing that isn't even off the ground yet. It's just a vision. It's just a dream and an idea right now. Well, I can distinctly remember, uh, talking with you on that night. And the thing that hit me square in the face was you saying, I have no intention of building a church with a better worship team and a better preaching team and better programs so that people will leave their churches to come to our church. I want you to be clear on the fact that my goal is to go into the harvest and reach people who are lost and without Christ and share with them the gospel, see them saved and brought into the church and grow as they are discipled. And I just thought, man, when I'm reading the book of Acts, that's, that's what I'm seeing. Hmm. It, it's that's, and that's exactly the thing that resonated with that, that burden that I was feeling on my own heart about the fact that I, I didn't, f- I didn't feel that I was doing my part. I knew I should, um, but I wasn't doing my part in sharing the gospel. And most of that was just cause I didn't know how. So that ties into another part. Cause I, I remember the day before we actually launched uh, Fellowship Oshawa, mm-hmm. um, you ran a gospel conversations training workshop. Yep. And I remember texting you. I don't know if you remember getting that text, but I remember texting you and going, Jared, I am so excited about this because I'm in my 50s and I've been in church since the playpen. Mm-hmm. And I have known that I should share my faith. I know people have told me you ought to share the gospel. I've just never had anyone say, here, let me take you by the hand and show you how. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm so excited about. And so then we had that that uh, that workshop, and then the very next day, I had an opportunity to put into practice exactly those things that yep. we had learned the day before. I was just flying; it was amazing. Yeah, yep. was that the one where was that the one where you met Ashley? No, that no. was that was oh, the the second the second one. Okay. The second one where you said, "Well, you've done this before, so clearly that makes me an expert in your books, and now I could lead somebody else in that." I'm like, "What?" Yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Once I've taught you to do something once, then you're yeah. you're now enough. qualified as a leader, so go that's do right. it yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that t- the story I'm alluding to is that that's that second gospel conversation training that Mike was a part of, where I had him go, uh, you know, help lead. Um, they went out, he went out with Chris, who's another one of our elders knocking on doors and they knocked on, uh, uh, a girl named Ashley's door, uh, who didn't know 
Jesus and um, had never really had anybody explain the gospel to her before, and they shared with her, and uh, basically she she wanted to follow up and learn more, and you know, long story short, uh, Ashley's now uh, you know a member at our church, and she's God's just transformed her life, and she she got saved and baptized, yeah. and she she serves and volunteers. We've watched her just grow like crazy. It's amazing, uh, it's pretty awesome. And, yeah, and that was that was the first time I know Chris had ever gone door to door. Oh yeah, and um, yeah. <laughs> our neighbor downstairs is watching uh, the Elite Eight right now, and so I'm sorry to my listeners if you hear him hollering out loud. Um, that, that I don't know if the mic's going to pick that up or not, but um, apparently but there's a good game. But you've now brought it up, so yeah. you know, it's <laughs> dude. So like, God bless my below us neighbor. So for those of you who don't know, like in Canada, a lot of uh, homes rent out. Uh, the home in two units. So the basement is a unit and then the main floor is a unit, um, especially where we live in Oshawa. It's a, a super common thing. Um, and so we have a downstairs neighbor. We have a guy who lives in the basement downstairs and we live on the main floor and uh, the insulation is not the greatest. And uh, he's he's a little bit hard of hearing because he's been working in factories uh, his whole life. And so he's a very loud man. And so uh, I always know what he's watching on TV. I always know when his favorite team has scored a goal or a basket or uh, when he's angry. Uh, sometimes he'll say <laughs> naughty words. I'm just glad that we don't have children in the house. So yeah. it's always uh, an entertaining time. So anyways, I digress. I, I get distracted sometimes. Sorry. What are we talking about? Oh, Ashley. Ashley. Right. And the, the, the cool thing about, about Ashley is that so often she thanks me for for encouraging her with with one thing or another and she is just such an encouragement to me mm -hmm. in her in her openness and her or just her willingness to to be whatever God's calling her to be uh, it's yep. just like God just show me and and I'll do it yep. whatever it is and it's just amazing to see that that soft and pliable heart for God mm -hmm. um yeah I love her yeah. she's amazing amen so Mike let's talk about the life of an elder in a church plant. So, uh, why don't you tell me what's it like being an elder at a church plant? What do you? What do you? What are? The, what sorts of things do you do? Uh, well, I guess we do a variety of things. One of the things was uh, we're we're planning for future sermon series, things like that. Um, I. I take part in, I'm part of the preaching team. So there are uh, opportunities for me to do some of that preaching as well. We plan for uh, small group studies or, or uh, special events in, in those regards. And uh, oftentimes I get opportunities to, uh, to contribute there as well. Presently, we're running a, a small group study on the spiritual disciplines and uh, God has blessed us with a home that's got a little space in there. And so we can have, you know, a decent sized group mm -hmm. in there and, uh, and, we started our spiritual discipline study last last week. It was amazing. We had a great time. Uh, it was about uh, 11, 12 people in there, uh, and we got room for more. So we're really, <laughs> if the rest of you guys are listening, hey, come on out this Thursday. It's going to be great. Um, <laughs> and uh, really enjoying that study and the opportunity just to converse and get to know some of the people in our in our uh, little church yep. uh, just that little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes uh, we have to... Um, proceed on some disciplinary matters. Those aren't as, as happy. Uh, those mm -hmm. aren't as joyful situations, but, um, that's the, that's the reality of being an elder. God calls us to watch over the flock and, mm -hmm. and we got to do that. Yep. And, uh, uh, I just love the opportunity to, to encourage, to disciple as a couple of guys that I get together with and, uh, um, just opportunities to welcome new folks in. Mm -hmm. So being that, 
I hesitate to say a lead person, but there's, there, there is that, that portion of it. Um, but just being that face perhaps that somebody connects with when they first come in the door, uh, doing some follow up there, it's, uh, that gives you a little taste of it anyway. Yeah, for sure. What do you think, uh, like what are some of the differences that you think, uh, there are between maybe being an elder in established church and being an elder in a, a church plant from the ground up? Can you think of any of the differences? Well, one of the things I can think of is that a, you're kind of almost always on deck. Yeah. And, uh, and B, it certainly helps if you're willing to stretch yourself into a couple of areas that you might not be quite so comfortable mm, in because yeah. we, being a new church plant, uh, we don't always have, uh, people that, that, uh, can fill those roles. So mm-hmm. you, you kind of stretch yourself out a little bit to this side or that side and, and jump in where needed. Sure. Yeah. Yep. You know, uh, one of the things, you know, we talk about a lot here on this podcast and you and I talk about this, you know, a good bit with, with Chris and, um, you know, his team church planting and just the, mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, we talk about a pest from Ephesians four, 11 and 12, you know, God has given the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And, um, you know, I, I've always, uh, so thankful to God for you and, and Chris. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that I've always seen so clearly is that, for example, you compliment my gifts uh, and, and I compliment your gifts in such mm-hmm. unique way. You know, yeah. you're definitely a, a shepherd. You have a shepherd's heart, and you also have an incredible teaching gift. Uh, whereas I'm, I'm definitely more, more apostolically wired. Um, I'm also, you know, a teacher as well, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm more of an apostolic, apostolically bent teacher. Uh, I'm kind of always thinking outwardly, and how are we going to, uh, you know, take new territory? How are we going to expand? How are we going to reach more people? Uh, things yeah. like that. And, uh, you're uh, a lot more patient and gentle and gracious than I am. You know, I tend to be, uh, uh, you know, kind of like, maybe that's uh, cause I'm older and slower. No. <laughs> that's, that's possible that, you know, that could be one of those, one of the reasons, but I also definitely think it's how you're wired. But, yeah. um, talk about what that's like being on a team, uh, uh, uh with fellow elders who each kind of bring their own unique gift sets to the table. I love it. And I think that's, I mean, scripture fairly clearly teaches that that's exactly the way God designed it to be. Mm-hmm. He didn't make us all cookie cutter copies of each other. Um, we we need each other, right? Uh, the scripture talks about us being a body and there's no way that the hand can say to the eye, hey, I don't need you mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Um, we we need each other and we each complement the other. And, and I didn't have that teaching prior to coming here. And then when we sat down as a, as a core team and we started doing the APEST surveys, just kind of getting a feel for uh, who we were and, and how God had gifted us and what those gifts were so that we could direct um, our areas of, of service and ministry uh, according to those gifts, I started to see the distinctions between those five categories mm. and going, this makes so much sense. And not knowing about it, uh, prior to that, I, I didn't have a clue, I, and I could see sometimes that uh, some of the the some of the lack or the the need in a in a leadership team, but I didn't know what it was that was missing or how to fix that. Mm-hmm. And now it just became so clear, um, and I just thought, oh, once again, God is brilliant, knows exactly what He's doing, and uh, and He's designed it to be that way, so that we do have that mix of gifts mm-hmm. that fills the picture out completely. Yep. Amen. That's good. So what have, what's maybe been some of the most challenging aspects of 
being a lay elder in a church plant? Probably the most challenging one is simply the fact that I also have this full-time job that mm. keeps me kind of busy. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and yet, you know, God has been gracious and, uh, and we have worked together and helped each other over, uh, the difficult sort of hump times or whatever it is when mm-hmm. things got really busy for one of us, the others have stepped up and, and filled in. And I think what I, what I love most about this is that real sense of, we love each other. We need each other. We look out for each other. Mm-hmm. And, and so as a, as a lay elder, I'm not like the elder, I'm part of a team mm-hmm. and, and I don't have to carry the whole load myself. And I also know that my contribution is important, that it's valuable. And so together as a team, we find, we find unity, we find direction and purpose and, uh, and clarity at mm-hmm. times. Um, this would be an extremely difficult job as a, as a single individual trying to run the ship. Yep. Um, and, and I know that you've expressed at times how much you've appreciated just having a couple of other voices in there. Or sometimes if there was a situation that needed dealing with, mm-hmm. the fact that you didn't have to go into it alone, that somebody else was going with you right. um, to deal with that and to see if we couldn't come to some kind of agreement in, right. in yep. that situation. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and also if something goes wrong, I can just blame it on you. Sounds great. No, I'm just kidding. I got <laughs> I got big shoulders. I can take it. Yeah, um, you know this something that I've thought a lot about to you know with that you, you talk about the the challenge of working a full time job, but also you know assuming this role of elder, and I think that like one of the challenges I think is the, the language that we use and the connotations attached to words like pastor mm-hmm. and elder, because the Bible doesn't make any distinction between pastors and elders and overseers. It's all one office. There's only two offices of the church. There's, there's an elder and there's a deacon, right? So you're a pastor. It's the same as I'm a pastor. Just the same as, you know, Chris is a pastor, you know, like elders are pastors. And yet I think that, um, we, you know, people tend to attach this connotation and these expectations to somebody who's a pastor that, okay, they're, they're full time. If you're, if you're a pastor, then that's your job and you're full time. And there's a certain level of expectations and the expectations are lowered for somebody who's quote unquote, just an elder. When biblically that language would not make any sense at all. There's no such thing as there's pastors. And then there's those that are just an elder. It's, it makes no sense. Uh, we're all pastors, you know, so I think part of the way that I guess what I'm trying to say is um, I think a lot of times we uh, have a plurality of elders in name, but functionally, I think it's very difficult for churches to truly operate like that Yeah. Um, because of some of the language and because of some of the terminology. And I think uh, it there's another there's an additional hurdle introduced when somebody like myself, like I'm full time ministry, right? Like I, I devote myself full time to this because I have to legally, because I'm here on a visa and I can only quote unquote work for the church. You work full time as a high school math teacher, so you can't devote nearly as much time to it. And so I think that also prevent it, it further, uh, it furthers the, the challenge of, um, really, uh, functioning as a true plurality of elders. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You see how that, yep. what I'm saying? Yep. Cause the lion's share of the, 
I suppose, responsibilities and mm -hmm. such does tend to fall to you just because there's just so many things I can't do during the day because mm -hmm. I'm tied up during mm -hmm. the day. I have, a, I have other responsibilities there. Yep. Um, so I, I, for one, am very grateful that there's someone available during the day to cover some of those things that, that mm -hmm. I'm unable to do, that Chris is unable to do because he's working full time yep. as well. Um, but at the same time, I know that there are times when I kind of, I kind of chomp at the bit going, Oh man, I wish I could be in there too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you, like, what do you think a, um, like a church, like, so somebody in my shoes, who's a church planter, what can that leader do to help truly foster an environment where the church actually functions as a plurality of elders, even if he's full-time and his other elders are not? A couple of things that I, that I know that we've addressed. Um, one of those was the language that we use. Mm -hmm. um, and, and at one point, I know that when we, when we kind of first kicked off, you were using a term like lead pastor. Mm -hmm. um, and we've changed that over the, over the time that we've been yep. together where you are now referring to yourself or introducing yourself as one of the pastors. Yep. And so that gets into the thinking of the people that attend there. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's multiple pastors. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and that's an important thing, I think. Yep. Um, and another thing now is Now I just, just need to get you and Chris to start saying the same thing. Okay. <laughs> I've been a little bit uh, I know. reluctant to do so, I know. but, uh, um, but that's, the, that's something I think we just need to put into practice yep. and it'll be a little bit uncomfortable at first. And mm -hmm. then as we get more comfortable with it, so will the rest of the people in our congregation get yep. comfortable with it. And then, and then the other thing is just the fact that we have gotten better as a team in terms of communicating with each other mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and just because you have had to be the, the one man ministry, if I, if I can say it that way sure. at, at the start, because sure. there wasn't anybody else. Yep. Um, and then as we came on board, uh, it's been an adjustment, mm -hmm. but it's getting better all the time. Yeah. And, uh, yep. and the fact that, um, your mindset from the beginning was, uh, and I always appreciated this as well, that you said, I, you know, I don't want people gathering to hear a man. Mm -hmm. I want them to come and hear the word of God. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that they don't get attached to one voice, right. meaning yours. Yep. Uh, so I want to split up the, the mm -hmm. preaching responsibility so that they get used to hearing multiple voices mm -hmm. and that they focus on hearing the word of God rather mm -hmm. than the words of a man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and even, you know, I know one of the things that I've said over and over and over again from the very beginning too is how, you know, uh, I'm not the cornerstone of the church. Jesus is the cornerstone of the church, right? Amen. It's something that I've always, you know, tried to drive home that like, uh, that this, this work is not built upon my shoulders because if that's the case, then, um, if I go outside and get hit by a train tomorrow, then although I'm not sure why I would play on the train tracks, but, um, <laughs> if I were to die tomorrow, then, um, you know, the whole work would crumble. Right. And that's just not like, I'm not the indispensable piece to this work. Jesus is right. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. like the spirit of Jesus Christ is the indispensable piece to the church, not me. Right. And uh, I'm a vessel, yeah. uh, you know, a broken vessel and God has used me as, um, kind of the, the, the leader and the catalyst to get this work started. But, uh, yeah, I think it's so important for us to remember all of us as, as elders that God doesn't need any one of us, right? Like I'm not, I'm not God's gift to the church, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, like ultimately, like He's the one that's going to build His church and sustain His church, mm -hmm. um, you know, long after I'm gone, right? Yeah. So, and so it, what? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. And and just recognizing the fact that if it 
if it were that way, what a what an incredible, I would almost say unmanageable burden for mm -hmm. one person mm -hmm. to carry all of that. That's that's huge. Yep. And and it's no wonder that we that we see uh, pastors burning out yep. and uh, and suffering depression yep. and things like that because that's huge to expect one person to be you know awesome at everything mm -hmm. you know so we were just we just had an episode about that a few weeks ago about depression in ministry and yep. and we talked about this being one of the 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 root issues is that you know we've got this unhealthy um, way of doing church and this unhealthy pattern of, of starting churches where all of it falls on the, to the shoulders of one man. And that's just not how God designed it to be done. Nope. And so it's no wonder that, I mean, you know, we see uh, like record numbers of suicide in the ministry. Mm -hmm. It's heartbreaking to think about the Absolutely. fact that there are so many pastors taking their own lives. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think a lot of it stems back to this very issue, right? Mm -hmm. This is, again, this is why we beat the drum of like team church planning. And I, you know, I've said before, like, I, you know, when we came up here to, to start this church, I never planted a church before. I didn't know any better, you know, like I, you know, so a lot of it was, was learning on the go and figuring things out. And, and, you know, we've learned a lot and now I know, like, you know, we made a commitment a while ago, my, you know, my wife and I, like next time we start a church, we are doing it as a true team, you know, like mm -hmm. we're not going to launch quote unquote this church before we have this this team in place uh you know yeah. we're not going to start this work until this team is in place and we've got other fellow elders whose gifts complement mine in place already um so yep. yeah so what uh what are we talked about some of the most challenging aspects of serving as a lay elder what are some of the most rewarding aspects of serving as a lay elder at a church plant uh, for me uh there's there's a couple of things that that really stand out. I don't know if it's so much the elder position, although I, I think it's tied into that. Just seeing people come to Christ and grow in their faith, it, it is it is so exciting. It it, it lights my fire mm. um, to to watch people. We we mentioned Ashley earlier, and just to see her growing in her faith and her understanding of who God is, what He's done on her behalf, how much He loves her, and what He desires to do in her life. And there are others that that we have seen that same thing, just that growth and that development, the maturity in their faith. That I don't know, maybe that just speaks to my pastor's heart or the heart that God is giving me um, to to fill that role. It delights my heart to see people growing that way. Um, uh, another young man, John, that, that I've had opportunity to, to spend time with and, and disciple and just seeing his growth in his faith and his willingness to take risks mm -hmm. and trust God that he's going to carry, carry him through that. And, and just, it, it has been so neat to watch him develop as a young man of God, as a, as a husband, as a father, as a teacher as well. Uh, I really love him. He's a, he's a great brother and it's been exciting to see those things. Um, I have loved the opportunity to, to preach and share God's word and encourage our, our congregation from mm -hmm. God's word as we've preached through certain series mm -hmm. uh, for Samuel and Romans and, and others. And it's just, those are the things that really, I don't know, I get passionate about that. That thing just kind of fills my heart mm -hmm. to see that. And yeah. it's, it's deeply satisfying. And I think that's because God's put that in my heart yeah. to want that. Amen. Amen. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, I've always seen in you one, you know, one of the overlooked, um, uh, qualifications for eldership in 
First Timothy three and Titus one is um, the desire to be an elder, right? Mm. Paul says, if anyone desires uh, to be uh, an elder or aspires to the office of overseer, right? Like, um, I think we overlook that a lot of times. But one of the things I've always seen in you is a a true calling and passion uh, to shepherd God's people, to teach God's people, uh, and to uh, to really lead in that way. Uh, it's something that you get excited about. Mm-hmm. That um, you know, I just see you light up whenever you talk about that, and yeah. uh, whenever you think about it. And so it's just something that's always been evident in you. And and one of the reasons I kind of knew, like pretty early on after I met you, I was like, okay, like. This guy's called to, to 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 ministry in some form or fashion, you know, whether it's you know just lay eldership or whether that's you know actually you know being in vocational ministry of some uh, shape down the road. So, yeah. and you know that's a God thing too, because you didn't you didn't know me ten fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. That that wasn't there then. No. Um, if you had said to me at that point, you know, what do you think about? Uh, I would have been like, no, thanks. Yeah. Nope, not interested at all. And over the years, God has changed my heart that way. And, and I started to notice it happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, so and I'm so I'm so grateful that he did. Yeah. 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 So what would you say to maybe somebody who's um, listening? Let's let to. I want to take this question in two angles. First of all, somebody who's listening and maybe uh, they are wondering whether or not God's calling them to, uh, you know, be an elder uh, at their church, um, or maybe God's calling them to, you know, potentially even uh, jump onto the leadership uh, team of a church plant. Maybe not as the quote unquote lead church planter, but uh, maybe they're you know, praying through, thinking through whether or not to be involved in church planning in some way, shape, or form to be one of the members of that team. What would you say to somebody uh, in those shoes? Hmm. The one thing that comes to mind immediately is is to ask yourself: Do you have a heart for people, a heart for the lost uh, who don't know Christ yet? Uh, are you passionate about reaching them? And then, what about the people that come to Christ? Are you? Do you have a heart for them? Um, if if this is simply, uh, and I want to say this really carefully, but if this is simply an exciting adventure, you know, some new phase or whatever it is, um, it's it's going to burn you out very quickly. Mm. Um, there has to be a real love for people. Mm. And I mean, if we take a look at our ultimate example, that's Jesus. Um, everything that he did was out of love for us first. And so if this is something that that is on your heart, pray and ask God to give you that heart for for the lost and for those people in now in your church your church plant um, that have come to Christ that are are going to need a lot. If you think about the the comparison to a parenting role, um, uh, that little infant, that newborn in your family, uh, is going to need and need and need. Yep. And just when you think, man, my bucket is empty and I got nothing left, that kid needs some more. <laughs> and uh, and so you're really going to need as well to make sure that you are abiding mm. in Jesus. Because if you're not, your bucket is going to be empty so fast well, because you don't have the supply. Yep. God does, yep. but you don't, not on your own. And so if you're not connected, if you're not abiding in him, you're not getting that bucket refilled when mm. you need it and you are going to burn out. Yeah, that's good. What about um, what about a pastor uh, or a church planter who knows he needs more help, like, no, like maybe, um, you know, is like thinking, man, I feel alone right now. Like I feel like it's all on my shoulders, uh, or maybe just a, a, a church planner or pastor who uh, is wanting to appoint elders and is wanting to start that process. 
Um, what would you say to them? Uh, pray and then pray lots more and then look for those, those people in your congregation who are already demonstrating some of mm. those qualities. Yeah. Uh, we spoke about APES before look for those and look for a variety of those mm-hmm. and then, uh, ask God to direct you to fill those, those spaces, those needs, uh, as he shows them. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I would encourage you, don't, don't feel like you have to put on a, a, a persona of, I've got this all together. I've got it figured out. It is okay to be transparent, to be vulnerable. Um, you know, David had his Jonathan, mm-hmm. right? Jonathan was there and willing to be, I don't want to say, it was kind of in that subservient role. Jo- Jonathan was, was totally acknowledging the fact that even though he was the heir apparent to, to Saul, the reality was that God had designated David to be in that role. And he mm-hmm. was just going to be whatever David needed him to be a friend and a companion, mm-hmm. you know, look for those friends who are going to come mm-hmm. alongside, who are going to pray for you and who are going to say, tell me how I can fill in for you fill in a gap, fill in a role. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Man, Mike, it's been, it's been good just sitting down and chatting and talking a little bit about your story and uh, your experience as an elder here at Fellowship Oshawa. And I, you know, um, guys, I'll, I would just say, if you can find, uh, yourself elders like Mike Vancelot, you'll be doing well for yourself. Um, cause, Thanks. um, without, without him and, uh, you know, and, and his wife, Judy alongside of us, I, I just, I don't know where we would be today, honestly, as uh, a church plan. He's, he's, I consider him uh, a close friend and, and a Amen. brother. And, and yeah. we've just been, uh, you know, like we've been in the trenches together quite literally. Right. Sure and have. so there's, uh, you know, I think there's definitely a bond that gets created when you do that mm-hmm. uh, together. And you know, we've we've gotten to celebrate some incredible things together. We've we've uh, mourned uh, together. Yeah. Um, you know, like um, I, I've you know I've I've been with you through you know grieving through the loss of your son. You know, yeah. and, and I helped you bury your son. And uh, you know, I just think about all the all the things that have have happened. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just grateful to God um, for you and for. Uh, just for what God's done over the last few years. And uh, man, just God is good as I, as I think back over the past. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. He definitely is. And yeah. I've, I've enjoyed it too. It's been hard at times, but, but you're right. God has been just so good through it all. And uh, yeah, it's been amazing. Yeah. Amen. Well, hey guys, I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in to In the Trenches this week. I hope this episode was beneficial and helpful to you. If you have any questions about uh, just eldership or maybe the process that that we go about uh, appointing elders and looking for elders or even the training that we uh, that we take our elders through, I, I'd be happy to pass any of that information on uh, to you. And so uh, feel free to email me. You can jump onto our website, www.getinthetrenches.com. And uh, there's a spot to email us directly. And that, that email comes into my inbox. And so uh, if you got any questions or, or need any, uh, any resources, feel free to reach out to me. We always love to hear from our listeners. Uh, and also want to ask you to help us out uh, by going uh, onto iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher and hitting the subscribe button uh, and then giving us leaving us a rating uh, on iTunes or, or Google Play or Stitcher. Uh, five-star ratings only, please, because four-star ratings aren't as good as five. And um, if you want to rate us a one-star, just don't listen to us, honestly, but don't rate us a one-star. That's just not very nice. But yeah, five-star ratings only. It helps increase the exposure of In the Trenches and it gets this podcast into the hands of 
of More Church Planners. The reason that Matt and I do this is because we want to serve you and we want to share from the overflow of our experience because we're just, we're not special. We don't claim to have any of this figured out. We're just average everyday church planters uh, figuring it out alongside of you. And we want others to be able to benefit and learn from the things that we've learned, whether those are lessons we've learned the hard way or lessons mm-hmm. that we've been blessed to learn the easier way. So uh, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back with another episode next Monday. But until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners. Mm-hmm.